Hello, this is Dr. Ed Hill, host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. I'm doing a standalone episode today entitled, Trending Now, What's Next? Back in the 60s, a young man named Stephen Stills, who was a member of a new rock group, Buffalo Springfield, Yes, that's Stephen Stills, later of Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. (laughs) He wrote a song called For What It's Worth, and you're probably not placing that, that title right now because you probably call it what everybody does, Something's Happening Here. I want to read you the lyrics to that. There's something happening here. What it is ain't exactly clear. There's a man with a gun over there telling me I got to beware. I think it's time we stop, children. What's that sound? Everybody look what's going down. There's battle lines being drawn. Nobody's right if everybody's wrong. Young people speaking their minds, getting so much resistance from behind. I think it's time we stop. Hey, what's that sound? Everybody look, what's going down? What a field day for the heat. A thousand people in the street singing songs and carrying signs. Mostly say, hooray for our side. It's time we stop. Hey, what's that sound? Everybody look, what's going down? Paranoia strikes deep. Into your life, it will creep. It starts when you're always afraid. You step out of line, the man come and take you away. We better stop. Hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down. And that chorus is repeated until the conclusion. I'm speaking to you today about some of the events that have been occurring in the last week. I'm recording this on Sunday, uh, 15 March, 2020. In 2008, in the fall of that year, I remember telling my wife and my family, I I said, I can't explain it, and I don't know what it means, but something's about to happen. And about, I don't know, three weeks later, the stock market crashed, and you know the whole story there. And recently, about a month ago, I felt the same way, but I had no idea the whole coronavirus thing was going to hit. Well, I've been feeling that way. And, you know, I'm recording this today in a different location, by the way, and I can't be as as, uh, loud and rowdy as I usually am and I might have a different sound than our podcast normally has. But I'm glad you joined us today. What we're going to do is we're going to talk about trending now and what's next. The Bible contains about 1,800 references to last things and the return of Christ. 318 times those occur in the New Testament. Now, right about now, you're probably thinking, hey, Pastor Ed, everything's like it's always been. There's always been you know, viruses and wars and whatnot. And um, I would tell you, nope, you're wrong. And I'm going to show you in today's episode 
I'm going to show you 21 things that are pretty unique, and when they're happening all at the same time, it should cause us to stop children. What's that sound? Everybody look what's going down, if you are feeling me right now, if you understand what I'm saying. Now, one of the signs, let me give you 21. Here's number one. These are in no particular order, by the way. It's just 21 that I could jot down uh, in my studies. I probably could have come up with 42 or 93, but these are just 21. There would be scoffers in the last days just prior to the Lord's return. Now, I'm going to try to go back here and look these passages up uh, that I've, I've saved here. Well, let's see if I can find it. But if I can't, I did find it. But um, if I can't find a, a reference as we go through this, I don't want to get too bogged down. Uh, normally, you know, we go verse by verse. This is more topical. So if I can't find a reference pretty quickly to read it, I'll, I'll give you the reference. So this is 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 3. Peter says, Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. So scoffers saying that, hey, everything is now just like it's always been. That's a very uniformitarian view of history. And uh, by the way, it's the same thing I think they were saying right before Noah's flood. Well, Second Peter 3, 3 and verse 4 tell us that one of the signs that we are nearing the end of uh, uh, time, so to speak, you can use that idea, but the last days before the Lord returns for his church and the Lord comes back seven years later after the tribulation to take over planet earth, one of the signs are scoffers. You hear anybody mocking that today? I do. Number two, beast of the earth will be killing people. <laughs> Revelation 6, 8. Now let me see if I can find this uh, pretty quickly. I think I know where it is, but Revelation 6, 8, and I think I have that somewhere here, but I want to want to read this one to you for sure. All right, yeah, here we go, Revelation 6, 8. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was Death, and hell followed with him. And power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with the sword and with hunger and with death, and with the beast of the earth. Now, that's a curious phrase. The Greek word beast there is therion. It often referred to things like, like wolves and lions and tigers. But it is possible, I suppose, and I'm not you know, majoring on this, but I'm just saying it is possible that maybe even microbes are considered in that because there are more microbes on the earth, you know, tiny little germs and viruses than probably all of the animals put together. And they kill people. And that's what we've seen some of here with the coronavirus. 
okay, if somebody wants to argue that that can't be used that way, I'm not going to argue, you know, that it has to be. But I'm just saying, think about what I'm saying. There certainly will be plagues uh, relating to the last time. So number two would be beasts of the earth. Number three, Israel. Israel. Israel went out of existence as a nation for nearly 2,000 years, and miraculously, it came back into existence as a nation on May 14th, 1948. Say, well, so what, Brother Ed? Well, that's never happened before in world history. Ever. Nations, when they die and disappear, they don't come back. Israel was resurrected by God. Now, I want to show you uh, that that is referred to. We're not going to read it, but it's referred to in Ezekiel chapter 37. And for the prophetic events referred to to occur uh, that are referred to in Ezekiel 38 and 39, we'll, we'll see that in a minute, Israel had to be in existence again and here it is, right here, a nation among the nations of the world. And the most hated, I might point out, um, the United States being number two. Israel is the most hated country in the world. Well, there had to be an Israel because, that's number three, but number four is because there has to be a temple. The actual, literal temple has to exist. So there had to be an Israel there had to be a Jerusalem, and all of that exists again under the control of the Jewish people. The temple had to be there because, uh, and these are things you can study on your own, but the Antichrist, the beast, is going to go into the temple in Jerusalem and proclaim himself to be God in order that the entire world worship him. So there had to be an Israel because there has to be a temple, and the temple can only be in Jerusalem. And hey, guess what? The temple doesn't exist yet, but Israel is in its land. Jerusalem is its capital. And the next thing coming up there will be the rebuilding of the temple. There uh, is a group of Orthodox Jewish people in Israel called the Temple Mount Institute. They say that they have everything prepared and ready now so that when they have the opportunity to rebuild the temple and restore sacrificial worship in Jerusalem, they have everything needed to do that. That's never been true until now. So all things are not like they used to be. So that's number four, the temple. Number five, what's trending now and what's next is number five, global government. And it will really be a global government religion because it's mixed together with the worship of the beast. Now, there's no way in this brief episode that I'm going to be able to cover all of that. I'm giving you a homework assignment, and you should have done this already if you're a believer in Christ. But if you haven't, I'm going to give you a reassignment. If you're not a Christian, um, we're going to let you off the hook on that, but I want you to read Daniel, the book of Daniel in the Old Testament, 
and the book of the Revelation in the New Testament. Because if you read that, you will see very clearly there is a coming global government religion that will dominate the world, and it will be that government religion that Christ comes back and demolishes when he comes back. Daniel gives a wonderful description of that. For decades now, you've been hearing about the New World Order. That's what that's talking about. Here's something that's about to happen that's never happened before. What's trending now? Pope Francis, yeah, that Pope, the one who heads up the Catholic Church currently, has set a meeting, an event, on May 14th, 2020, that's a couple of months from now, about eight weeks from now, where he's going to call for a new world religion. I am not making this up. You can look it up. And it is, I believe, something that people are calling Chrislam because it will encompass uh, elements of Islam and other world religions and so on. But anyway, you're going to see that occur that happens to be the birth date of Israel, by the way, and I don't think that's an accident. I think it's on purpose. So, to hit them real quick, number one is scoffers, number two, beasts of the earth, number three, Israel, number four, temple, number five, global government religion, you know, a, a, a mix of that. Number six, trending now, Russia, Russia, Russia. Aren't you sick of that? And it reminds us all, uh, especially those of us who are old enough, of the Brady Bunch and, uh, you know, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. It's always Marsha. Remember that? All right. Well, that's why we make fun of that and say Russia, Russia, Russia. It's always Russia. Get it? And we're not going to read all of this, but... If you read Ezekiel 38 and 39, it prophesies about an invasion on the mountains of Israel by Gog and Magog. And I do not have time to prove all of this to you. You've just got to give me some credit for having some sense and having studied this for decades Gog and Magog, I'm going to read that verse here in a minute, is referring to Russia. Russia is predicted to come from the uttermost parts of the north. There's no place farther north of Jerusalem than Russia. You follow what I'm saying? So from the uttermost parts of the north, Russia is going to try to invade Israel. Russia will be joined by Persia, Libya, Ethiopia, and um, I can't remember. I think there's one more. But anyway, you can read about that in 38 and 39 of Ezekiel. This has never happened before, so it still has to be fulfilled. And remember, unless it's Unless a Bible prophecy is obviously symbolic, Bible prophecy has a way of being literally fulfilled. So, and you can hear the sound effects in the background of the sirens. 
<laughs> the world is in trouble. All right, now, so Russia is going to invade Israel. So that's my sixth sign. Now, that hasn't happened yet. And the interesting thing among Bible students and Bible scholars is we don't know exactly when that happens. Does it happen before the rapture of the church or after the rapture of the church? Does it happen at some point in the early part of the tribulation period? We do not know exactly. But at some point future, Russia will invade Israel. So you see, again, there had to be the existence of the nation Israel again for that to even be fulfilled because it's never been fulfilled yet, but it will be. In Ezekiel 38, I'm reading verse 2. Well, let's read one also. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, set thy face against Gog, the land of Magog, the chief princes of Meshech and Tubal, and prophesy against him, and say, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I am against thee, O Gog, the chief prince of Meshech and Tubal. And you can read what the Lord uh, prophesies there. And those countries I mentioned uniting with them are Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya. So I did, I did get all of them. What? No, wait a minute. <laughs> Here's what I forgot. Verse 6. Uh, Gomer and Togarma of the North Quarter. So they are joined by these nations and peoples who will join this invasion. Now, I'm not going to... I'm not going to spoil the whole story, but if you'll read 38 and 39, God miraculously delivers Israel. So you need to read that. But here's what I want you to know. In Ezekiel 38, verse 2, Gog, Magog, is Russia. Meshach um, linguistically refers to Moscow, and Tubal linguistically refers to Tobolsk. Both of those are major cities in, guess where, Russia. It's interesting to me that God says Russia will invade Israel. You know, for not quite a hundred years, there was a Soviet Union and there was no Russia as such. Hey, miraculously, Russia, Russia is now freed of that whole Soviet thing and Russia is its is own nation on its own again, even though it had been part of, you know, the, the, obviously the dominating part of the Soviet Union. But now it's Russia, 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 not Soviet Union, Soviet Union, Soviet Union. I just find that fascinating. And if you love the Lord and his word, you should be pretty amazed as well. The seventh thing is the phrase peace and safety. One of the things that's going to characterize the time uh, just before the Lord returns and sets up his everlasting kingdom, one of the things that's going to characterize this world is a clamor for or, or even possibly the statement that it has been achieved, but the, the desire for peace and safety. In 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 3, we read, 
for when they shall say peace and safety, either, you know, that they're longing for that or finally they have it. When they shall say peace and safety, let's talk about the world now, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Wow. I mean, is the world ever starting to cry out more and more for peace and safety? And we've always thought of that in terms of politics and war, and that's pretty obvious. But we're starting to see that now with pandemics, where the world is crying out for peace and safety. I mean, I'm not making fun, and I, I, I do understand that it's real, and I do understand that citizens have a responsibility to, to do what they can to minimize this and put an end to it. But when we have people uh, dressing in full, um, full hazmat suits to go into Walmarts or shopping or something like that, it's, it's, that's when people are panicked to the point that they are crying out for peace and safety. So that's number seven. What, now are you starting to get the feeling that everything's not like it's always been? Well, duh, it's not. The, these are very unusual days. And I don't mean just this last month or so, but I mean the last several years have been definitely out of the norm from what we have known uh, around the world, and especially in America. Number eight, persecution and martyrdom. Christians, as the Lord prophesied, would suffer for their faith, and many would even die for their faith in Jesus rather than renounce Jesus. This, my friends, is going on actively right now around the world in region after region, country after country, Islam, of course, leading the charge in making these things happen. But it's happening with other groups and countries and so forth and religions as well, where Christians are persecuted and martyred for their faith, number eight. And it's been said that in the 20th century, and, and the, it's continued right into the 21st century here, that there have been more people martyred for their faith in Jesus than at any time in world history. I think I have heard that if you added up all the people, uh, Christians w within church history, who've ever been martyred for their faith in Christ, uh, it would not even come close to the number of martyrs for Christ in the 20th and also now into the 21st century. It is real and it is now. So that's number eight. Number nine, uh, we read in Revelation 13, verse 17. Let me see if I can find that. And you need to read these uh, chapters that I'm pulling out of here. You need to read these yourself. I, I promise you I'm telling you the truth, but I want you to know it for yourself. 
so that you can know what the truth is and you can teach it to others. In Revelation 13, 17, the Antichrist, the one called the beast, is being spoken of and the false prophet that I think right now a pretty good candidate is Pope Francis, in my opinion. If it's not him, it's going to be somebody like him. So, I'm not saying, by the way, I want to make this very clear. I'm not saying that we are in the tribulation. I'm not saying that everything I'm mentioning is the thing referred to for the tribulation. I'm saying these are trends. We have said before that it's like if I'm at a holiday meal, I I may not see that my wife has put the food on the table, but I can see the table set and I can smell the cooking. I may be watching a July 4th parade and I don't see the marching band yet. They haven't come around the corner yet, but I can hear the music. I am in a stadium and I I don't see the players or the game being played yet, but I can see that the field has been chalked. You know, if it's a baseball game, I can see that the first base line and the third base line are are fresh and new. We're about to have a ball game. I, I can see that even though I haven't finished putting the puzzle together, I'm starting to see what the big picture is now. So... These are trends, and these are like um, these are like a long shadow being cast back in our direction for what's going to happen in the future. And I say this with love in my heart and a smile on my face. If you're a professing Christian and you can't see this, you are blind. If you're not a Christian and you can't see this yet, Maybe the Lord will open your eyes. Revelation thirteen seventeen. One of the things that the beast and the false prophet are going to do in this uh, this mix of a government world uh, world government world religion, worshiping this false Christ, this antichrist, the beast is they're going to pretty much ensure it gets done, although people will be happy to do this, by the way. Right? You, you'll see. As, we, as, as you understand more about this, you'll understand. But to help people want to do it, all ability to buy or sell is going to be controlled. We don't know exactly what this be will be, but we know of um, things that are being developed and actually already in use now to control access to buildings and so forth and the ability to purchase things. Uh, we could see how those things could be used. We could see how things that will be like the next generation of those things will be easy to use. But Revelation 13, 17 says, And that no man might buy or sell, save or, or accept, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Sort of like, are you in or out? And, and if people want to buy and sell during that tribulation period, they're going to have to be in. There's no, 
no middle ground, not having it both ways. You're either with us or you're against us. If you're against us, you'll die. Now, let me plug that in. I mentioned this in an episode or two ago uh, when we were finishing um, a series on the Great Rapture debate. I was in a uh, fast food restaurant that sells really big hamburgers, and I noticed on their their feed on the TV, um, you know, it was like had a bunch of rap music and all this kind of stuff on it. But anyway, one of the ads was this. The ad uh, was, it was like a, a little news ad type thing. And it was just touting the, the wonderful thing that's about to happen where Amazon is establishing brick-and-mortar grocery stores similar to their Amazon Go model. But in these brick-and-mortar actual physical grocery stores, here's, here's the thing that got my attention is you will, first of all, you cannot get into them without, their, without the app. Let that sink in. Now, if you have the app and you're allowed access to the grocery store, then you just uh, grab stuff off the shelf, put it in your cart, and everything you, you, you select and put in your cart is uh, added to your, you know, it's recorded. So the other thing about that is every single thing that you buy will, will be a record of that. That ought to bug a lot of people. So well, it's already like that now. Well, this is going to be like that on steroids, okay? A factor of a million. But here's the here's the thing. You 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 can't buy stuff there except with the app. So is it that convenient? Yeah, well, it's convenient a lot of ways for people who want to control the ability to buy or sell. Does it make sense to you? that your ability to buy or sell in an economy which will no doubt by that time be cashless is all digital and even the ability to get into a place to get food is controlled digitally? I mean, look, you can be completely a non-Christian. You can be an atheist. And if, if you think about what I just said and putting government in charge of that, that should bother you. Now, if you think I just made all that up, I'm telling you what I saw on the TV screen in a fast food restaurant about two weeks ago. I was stunned. So you go search it out for yourself. Find out if I'm telling you the truth. All right, so um, number 10, there will be overwhelming stress. Well, Pastor Ed, you're creating overwhelming stress in me right now by going over this. Hey, I'm just the watchman on the wall. I'm just trying to tell you what the Bible predicts and, and trying to help you see the parallels and what we're, the trends we're seeing now. So number 10 is overwhelming stress. These are the words of Jesus Christ. He, has, he is giving here in Luke 21 a, a long teaching on the end times, Bible prophecy about the future. But I want to pull out a verse here in Luke 21, 25. And there shall be uh, 
And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. Now let's break that down. Well, tell me, Ed, what the signs of the sun and the moon and the stars are. I don't know. I haven't searched this part of this out that deeply. It may refer to the blood moons and other things. Um, that would be. I'm going to give you that homework assignment. You go search that. But what I want to show you is that upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity. The idea here is the nations, the peoples of the world will be under pressure and what I will describe as disorienting panic. And we're seeing that now uh, with the coronavirus uh, pandemic. The places, the countries where it's hit hardest are truly in panic mode. Italy, South Korea, China, uh, parts of the United States, uh, New York, I believe, and Washington State, and a few other spots, and some other places around the world. But this is, Jesus says, this is going to be a, a characteristic of these times. Now, are you saying, Ed, that we're in that? And I'm not saying we're in it. I'm saying it's like a long shadow being cast back our way from what's going to happen in the future. It's like the marching band that I can't see yet, but I can hear the music. It's like the dinner that's not on the table yet, but I can see the, the china and the silverware, and I can smell the aromas from the kitchen. It's like being in the stadium, and the game isn't being played yet, but I can see the field is ready. You get it? Trending now, what's next? Well, here's another thing. Uh, we won't look this up, but you can look up Matthew 24, verse 67. Number 11 is wars and rumors of wars. The 20th century, by the time it closed, easily claimed the title as the century of war. There were more wars fought in just the 20th century probably than the entire history of mankind, you know, large and small skirmishes. Uh, and Jesus predicted that would be very characteristic. And by the way, on that note, we haven't seen anything yet. Whatever we've seen so far are just the warm-ups, the practice drills for the tribulation period. Number 12. This is, this is more hopeful, <laughs> more exciting, more wonderful. The good news of Jesus Christ as the Savior of those who turn to him is being proclaimed globally. Jesus predicted that one of the things that would happen before he came is the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ would be declared to the entire world. And I want you to know that we are at a point today where, uh, although I, I respect and appreciate the ministry of, of missionaries for Christ, 
and it's always better to enflesh the good news of Jesus in a person that loves other people on behalf of Christ. So not taken away from that. I don't want any emails about this. Not criticizing that, but my here's what I want you to know. Now with technology and with solar-powered radios and uh, you know other devices, the gospel is going all over the world so that it's almost as if we never sent another missionary out. The gospel's going out anyway. It is estimated that the Jesus movie has been seen by more people in the world than any other movie ever as people want to know about Jesus Christ. Who is this Jesus Christ? He's the most sought-after person in the world for people who are serious about their soul and their spiritual destiny. That's really good news. Now, there, there are, I'm aware, small people groups that we are still getting the gospel to and need to get the gospel to. I understand that. I'm just saying that the gospel has gone around the world now. And this has, if you say, well, it's just, it's always been this way. No, it hasn't. Technology made this possible as believers used it to share the gospel. Then, so that was number 12. Number 13 is pestilence. Pestilence is being bothered by pest. I know you're not going to believe what I'm about to say, so just before you object, just go look it up on YouTube. And no less and a reliable authority than the BBC. Now, they are not uh, a, a Christian broadcasting company. They are not conservatives at all. They're globalists for sure at the BBC. Here's what I want you to know. The BBC is reporting about the, the swarms of locusts that are covering East Africa right now in 2020, East Africa, Kenya, Saudi Arabia, Ethiopia, Somalia, and even into Asia. They say that these locust plagues, when they come to an area, are the size of cities. The BBC says that they are locust plagues of, quote, biblical proportions. Let that sink in. The Bible predicts pestilences like locust plagues. It predicts famines. We hear a lot about water wars that are going to become more and more critical in the 21st century, but there are also food wars, famine. Wherever there's pestilence, when these locust swarms hit an area, and I think I have this right, In 30 seconds, all of the planted things that people were going to eat, it's all eaten up by the locust. Famine follows pestilence. In fact, 
Jesus talked about this in Luke 21, verse 11. In fact, I would like to read uh, this whole good bit of this chapter here. Look at, ver in Luke 21, let's look at verse 6. Let's look at verse uh, 8 in Luke 21. We'll just read until I've read everything I want to read to you. And he said, Take heed that ye be not deceived, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and the time draweth near. Go ye not after them. But when ye shall hear of wars and commotions, be not terrified, for these things must first come to pass, but the end is not by and by. Then said he unto them, Nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. In verse 11, And great earthquakes shall be in diverse places, in other words, widespread places, all over the world, earthquakes, and famines and pestilences, and fearful sights and great signs shall there be from heaven. But before all these, they shall lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and into prisons, being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. And it shall turn to you for a testimony. Settle it therefore in your hearts, not to meditate before what ye shall answer. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay or, nor resist. And ye shall be betrayed both by parents and brethren and kinsfolks and friends, and some of the, you shall they cause to be put to death. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But there shall not an hair of your head perish. In your patience possess ye your souls. And when ye shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, in other words, surrounded with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is nigh. So we're just going to stop right there. So we see the Lord mentions pestilences, famines, and you know these are these are things the world is dealing with some now is going to get worse and it it should make us sit up and take notice so 14 was famine 15 is the gospel is being searched for in china now the christians in china are finding that Chinese people who are not believers in Christ are seeking them out to have hope in the face of the death and destruction from the coronavirus. Number 16, the church is ashamed of Christ and his words. I want to uh, refer you to I don't think I have these pulled up, but you can look at Mark 8.38, Mark 8.38, and Luke 9.26. 
Uh, Christ asked a rhetorical question, pretty much saying that when he comes, will he find uh, the faith on the earth? And the whole idea in these particular verses is that people would be ashamed of him and his word. That's the thing in, in Mark eight thirty eight and Luke nine twenty six that professing Christians would be ashamed of Jesus and his Bible. I'm here to tell you that there are fewer and fewer Jesus honoring Bible believing churches in America for sure, and I, I would say probably around the world. Because the professing church is hates what Jesus says, and they therefore hate him. Now, they have a version of him, and they twist what he said, but they do not interpret it correctly on things like homosexual marriage and abortion and, you know, you name it. Just a long list of things that people are twisting and, and ashamed of what Christ actually said. So that's number 16. Number 17 is the kings of the east that are mentioned in Revelation. Now, you know, when the, when the book of the Revelation was written, nobody cared about China or North Korea. You know, North Korea didn't exist then. I don't even know if China existed then. I guess it did. But anyway, the point I'm making is this was not a concern of the Roman Empire in the time of Christ or after Christ ascended it, in the time of the Apostle John when he wrote the book of the Revelation. And yet we're told that out of the East, kings of the East will try to invade the Middle East as well. And look at what we've got. We've got China. Now, I was thinking the other day, you know, it's just, it's just, just wondering here, okay, Let's say that China's economy completely collapses and you have the whole issue with uh, you know, corona and oil and all of that. Is it possible that the kings of the East and uh, China and their uh, pit bull, North Korea, is it possible that they might say, well, we're just going to go take what we need? Now, I don't think that's about to happen next week, but I'm just saying it's trending. I mean, I think we see that. Number 18, NBC, and I'm not talking about the network, nuclear, biological, and chemical warfare. It Some people who are uh, students of this type of thing are wondering is the coronavirus a uh, a biological weapon, you know, gone gone wrong or uh, messed up? Uh, I don't know if it is or not. I'm just listening to, and I'm not talking about just people with conspiracy theories. I'm talking about some pretty smart people who know about these kind of things. Um, so, you know, whether it is or isn't, it, here's a point. Mankind has already developed biological weapons. There are treaties against that. And uh, the funny thing about treaties, though, is 
countries like ours that make the treaties make them because we hope it puts an end to something. <laughs> but dictator-type countries uh, sign those things because it buys them more time. And that's that's been the record of world history, by the way. So, anyway, NBC, Nuclear, Biological, and Chemical Warfare. Um, say, so, you know, you're saying, well, things are like they've always been. No, they're not. There should never been the ability on planet Earth to wipe out the entire population. And it can be done today. Number 19, perilous times. The Apostle Paul predicted, um, and I'm sorry, I don't think I looked it up. I did look it up, but I didn't uh, copy it here so I can read it. Maybe I did. Let's see. But anyway, and uh, I believe it's in 2 Timothy 3, I believe. But you can find it easily. The Apostle Paul says that that perilous times will come, and we certainly are living in perilous times. And then 20 would be the potential for global annihilation. Jesus said that if he did not come back when he's going to come back in the second coming, that there would be no flesh to survive, but he would come back to put an end to it. The world is um, heading, heading pedal to the metal toward total annihilation through our, our weapons and so forth. And that would be a big feature of the tribulation period, but Christ comes to rescue the world from that and take over. But I save the most shocking for last, number 21. In Luke 17, 26 to 30, uh, we read here. Let's see. 20, let's see, I got Luke 17, 26 and 27. That's what I got right here. And as it was, this is Jesus speaking now, and as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. In other words, just before he returns. Verse 27. So what were the days of Noah like? They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. And then I want you to turn, um, if you are searching for these, to Luke 21. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Uh, similar thing we're about to read. Luke 21. Let's see. Luke 21, and go to verse 34. Jesus is speaking, And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life, and so that day come upon you unawares. For as a snare, that word is, means trap, for as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face 
of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. So the most shocking sign to me is that life just before the return of Christ will be going on pretty much like it always has, except for all these unusual things I've mentioned. People will be excessively absorbed in the pursuit of their daily life, oblivious to what is trending now and what's next. Party on, Garth. That'll pretty much be the attitude of a lot of folks. But you're different. And I I know you're different because you've listened this far. I'm urging you to break the frame. I'm urging you to, to get out of line on purpose. To change the direction you're heading in. Because I'm warning you, up ahead... The bridge is out. And if if you're not a Christian today and you keep going in the direction you're going now, you're heading for disaster. And I invite you and I urge you to repent of your sin and to trust Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord. He died on the cross to pay the penalty that you were supposed to pay for your sin because in reality you could never pay for your sin. He did it for you. And he rose again the third day proving that his sacrifice has been accepted. When you trust him as your Savior and Lord, His righteousness is given to you and your sins are forgiven and you will have eternal life through Jesus Christ and he will begin to develop a totally new way of life for you going forward. If you're not a Christian, that's what you should do. If you are a Christian, and you knew about all of this, hopefully it strengthens you and your witness for Christ. Or if you're already a Christian, but you've kind of gotten off focus and gotten too involved in your life, you need to remember the times in which we live. Get serious for the Lord and be his witness in these last days. Some of you have questions that you need answered. You need more help. I'm going to say a phone number twice. You can call. It's uh, Eastern Time in the United States, Monday through Friday from about 8 to 5, something like that. You can call this number and get spiritual help. 888-537-8720. One more time. 888-537-8720. 
Now, for everyone listening, I want you to think of a friend or two or three or four or five or 20 that you need to send them an email and tell them about this particular podcast episode. They can find it at www.dredhill.podbean.com. That's D-R, no period after the D-R, D-R-E-D-H-I-L-L dot podbean, P-O-D-B-E-A-N dot com. Um, you, you can even, from the, the Podbean site, you can share the link from that site with them. Invite people to listen to this message. Please, text them about it, email them, let others know. This, for all I know, this may be their last opportunity personally to hear this message and turn to Christ. So please help with that. Thank you so much for listening in today. This has been a long podcast. I give you a gold star for listening this far. I hope it has helped frame up some things in your own heart and mind. We live in momentous days, and I pray that you will take your proper role as a Christian in getting out the word about Jesus Christ. And if you're not a Christian, you will come to Christ today. Thank you for listening. God bless you and protect you is my prayer.